0: You're back to PT Male Physical Therapy Podcast. This is episode 57. To cap off the fifth season of the podcast, we have Major Carlo Mariano, United States Air Force, Doctor of Physical Therapy. Major Mariano has been serving in the United States Air Force in different capacities from bioenvironmental specialist to flight commander and has been deployed in different parts of the world. At present, he is the PT Element Chief 628 MDG Operational Support Team Uh, PT joint base, Charleston, South Carolina. In this episode, he talked about how he started his career in the United States Air Force, how he came back to the Air Force after getting his physical therapy degree, what it's like to be a physical therapist in the Air Force, and common conditions he encountered in managing tactical athletes. He also discussed career growth in the Air Force, autonomy in practice, and being a leader. Listen to Major Mariano's inspiring stories. All right, so here's another episode of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, your weekly serving of insights, information, and inspiration from the experience and expertise of Filipino physical therapists uh, about the physical therapy profession and practice. I am Johan de La Paz, your host. Welcome to the show. So in one of our uh, previous episodes, we talked about uh, becoming a becoming or joining the Philippine Navy from a physical therapy background but this time around we are going to talk to a physical therapist in the U.S. Air Force find out how he got into the Air Force and what he does for the soldiers there so let me welcome my guest uh welcome to the show Major Carlo Mariana uh you of the U.S. Air Force doctor of physical therapy welcome to the show
1: thank you hello to all our countrymen and fellow physical therapists out there um mm-hmm. It's an honor for me to be here, and I would like to share my insights and experience experiences Mm -hmm. um, that I've been through. So Mm -hmm. then you can get more information. I mean, I've traveled Mm -hmm. pretty much the world and had some amazing experiences that uh, I could share with you guys. And of course, my clinical practice.
0: Right, and also I'm I'm very much honored to have you here, and and thank you for your service before we we start. So, all right. So, so what started first, you becoming a
1: physical therapist or you going into air force? Um, but um, when I when I graduated high school, I didn't know what to do with my life, and then um, as you know, college is very very expensive in America. I mean, you owe like hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get a degree. And mm-hmm. then I couldn't really afford my education and the tuition costs. So, so at 18, I, I told my parents I was going to the military, you know. And then um, they were like, oh, really? It's like, are you sure? But before that, my uncles were all in the Navy stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, your, mm-hmm. uh, Corman and uh, pharmacy techs, and then so it's already kind of ingrained in me. It was mm-hmm. in my blood to, to be a part of the military because everybody's in the navy. And then mm-hmm. I wanted to do something different. Uh, right. I searched the lifestyle and going on a six month um, cruise underway on the ship and not seeing daylight for six months and and living in a bunk bed for with three guys. You know, it wasn't for me. So. Uh, at 18, I shipped off to Lackland in San Antonio, Lackland Air Force Base. And then I joined, uh, without a de- degree, like just open general
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you, you have to take a test called the ASFAB. It's like a, it's kind of like the SATs, but it's like not as hard, but it just, uh, it just measures your competence in what area, whatever areas like mechanical, mm-hmm. administrative, medical. Um, it's like, uh. I forgot the acronym it's called ASFAB. it's a it's a something aptitude battery mm-hmm. it just it just measures how your potential on on whatever job that the military would have you have you do and then mm-hmm. if you decide, they will categorize you in whatever job that that's best suited for you like um, mechanical maintenance mm-hmm. um engineering uh administration you know mm-hmm whatever whatever day and then the the military will pick the job that they they need the most mm-hmm. whatever course are mm-hmm. and then um, so I scored pretty well on the I guess the medical side um, before I became a PT I was actually a lab tech uh, so lab tech I think in the Philippines is called medical technologist but mm-hmm. uh, in America it's like lab uh, medical laboratory technician where you mm-hmm. take books Um, you sample all the impurities you take the samples and then you take it you run you run the cbc's the a1c whatever the doctor the doctor orders you know you you like you measure all the levels and determine the pathology of that person Mm -hmm. so that was like the job that that they gave me after uh, a six-week basic training in san antonio texas but in the Air Force, the way it works is you do a six-week basic training just to mm-hmm. get indoctr- indoctrinated in the okay. military, uh-huh. like running, marching, saluting, all the customs and courtesies, just learning the culture of the military, chain of mm-hmm. command, um, you know, these different things. And then after the what they call the basic training, you go to a technical school, which is uh, whatever your job is going to be, mm-hmm. it could be supply, logistics, mm-hmm. so they send a separate tech school for that for like another six to six six weeks to like a year depending mm-hmm. on your
0: so are you active duty at that time
1: yes I uh-huh. was so as a 18 year old um, active duty you get indoctrinated six week basic training
0: so how, how long did you serve in that capacity in in the lab before you decided you want to go
1: to PT school so lab has two phases after uh-huh. you do the phase one, you know, you study microbiology and uh-huh. all that stuff. And then the phase two, they wanted to make me a histopathology. It's a shred out, meaning like if you're x ray tech, they can make you MRI or C T uh-huh. for okay. lab. You you go into a different branch, like you can be a they call it a histopathology. And um that that didn't sound that good to me because you're working in the basement, just you and a deceased person, one on one. Right. Just sampling all the fluids. You might not talk to anybody the whole day, and then at uh-huh. the cost of death. And then, so they actually ship you to Andrews Air Force Base for phase two for that in um in Washington DC,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and um, I that wasn't attractive to me because like I'm um. I'm more orange, you know. Um, are you familiar with the colors of personality, like the the true colors? We do we do this a lot in the military. So I you think I did, but it's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, I'm I'm more orange, you know. I want to be outside, be with people, um, mm. stuff. So so then I asked to be reclassed to another job. Um, we call that AFSC, your Air Force Specialty Code. And they gave me environmental engineering, which is uh, which is pretty cool. That you you do a lot of uh, environmental sampling, asbestos, uh, study noise, lighting, mm-hmm. all the occupational hazards like mm-hmm. environmental protection agency. You work with uh, NRC, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, EPA, OSHA,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: kind of stuff, and then. Um, so I got retrained into that and then I was actually in San Antonio for more school and then um, I got stationed in Vandenberg Vandenberg Air Force Base and then um, that that's basically how my journey to physical therapy started because uh, our job is to inspect the work sites mm-hmm. of the all the all the industries, all the factories in the base if they cost any, environmental or occupational hazards. Um, mm-hmm. And then the number one or two diagnosis for them, how they injured themselves, all the factory workers on base is through repetitive trauma.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so low back pain, uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, uh, tennis elbow, knee pain. So we would get together every month and just discuss, uh, we have a what's called a population health working group. All the most diagnosed pathologies, we would discuss them and how to prevent them before they can come into the clinic. Right. Because we have we had a PT there actually. Mm-hmm. Instead of fifty people going down to the office and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, treat me for low back pain, treat me for carpal tunnel, treat me for the elbow." Right. My job is to go in the in the work sites. Okay, how can I prevent these injuries?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If it if are they pushing, pulling? Are they, um, are they lifting too much? Are we rotating the workers mm-hmm. so they don't get exposed to radiation, lifting hazards and all that. So we would discuss all those topics. And then, um, you know, it's called preventive medicine. We would discuss all those things, the people that are most, uh, at risk and then try to prevent them from even going to PT or even going to their primary care managers. So that was my job is to prevent them. And then actually there's a guy, <laughs> he's Filipino too. Lo and behold, uh, I have to give props to him if he's going to listen, but his name is uh, Major Ascano, uh, Ramil Ascano. He went to, uh, he's from Hawaii, but he, he actually went to LaSalle University
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he was in that meeting and then uh, kind of noticed him. I was like, Hey, how are you doing? You know, um, I'm, 1819 at the time i'm like i want to go to school for something i don't Mm know what i want to my mind and energy and heart into something just invest my life and doing doing something that i'm 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 about passion i'm like i'm really people say that about me it's like oh when you talk and mentor this guy you had a lot of passion i'm like well that's like very important to me i don't Mm -hmm. do stuff you know okay this pays well or this this will get you a better position. No, my heart has to be in it. I mean right. So then I, I I interviewed him a little bit, um, um, Ramil Ascano, and then I was like, Hey, you know, he was from Hawaii and then I guess he went back to La Salle to go get his degree. And then uh, I was like, Oh, I wanna go to school for something. And you know, everybody's like a nurse in the family and mm-hmm. you know, the job that most Filipinos get in the medical field and at the time, I had, like, fear of needles and blood. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, like, uh, can I watch you work, you know? Like, what do you do? It's like, what's a physical therapist do? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can come by and shadow me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I just went down there for, you know, while, while I had free time at work, doing my asbestos sampling in Santa Barbara. Uh-huh. And, and then I was like, man this job looks really fun because everybody's laughing. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing, everybody's doing stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how hard could this job be? You know, I mean, when people go there, they're in a good mood. They're, you know, they're laughing, they're enjoying themselves. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm, like I'm, I'm ready to do this because I'm like, how hard could it be? You're throwing a ball in a trampoline and then you're laughing, you're smiling. I'm like, okay, it's like, whatever. Uh-huh whatever it takes to do this job, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. And um, that's when I decided to get out of the military because in order to pursue school full time, you can't be active duty. You know, you gotta, you gotta do the PT school and do the clinicals and do all that stuff. And um, mm-hmm. my last three months, actually, when I, um, Operation Desert Storm or Desert Shield broke out, and they actually sent me to Riyadh Air Base in Saudi Arabia. And um, I deployed there as bioenvironmental engineering. And my uncle, at the time, he was a diplomat in the Philippine embassy. His actual job was to get people out of jail, the women, to give them rights because, you know, they're just putting a lot of our people in jail and then Mm -hmm. not treating them really good. so. His job was to go to the prison, visit them, work on their papers so then they could go back home. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that I was deployed in Riyadh at the mm-hmm. time and we actually met up. And um, But anyway, um, so I was there and then my last three months was in Saudi Arabia and then things were going bad. Um, if you look, if you Google the al Qa'bar Tower bombing, we had like a bomb that was parked outside the... A gate by the dorms and al towers mm-hmm. and, and it blew up and it wow. injured our we call we're not soldiers we call our people airmen Airmen, um, mm-hmm. yeah so there's marines sailors and airmen so mm-hmm. a lot of our airmen got injured because of that bombing incident um it's all about the bin laden stuff um, mm-hmm. so i got out um My uncle was like begging me to stay. He was like, oh, can you stay for another three months? You know, I have nobody here. Uh, I was like, no, I have to go. I have to do this PT thing because while I'm motivated, it's fresh in my mind. Um, That movie, Independence Day, Will Smith, if you you remember. How old were you when that that came out?
3: (laughs) I'm not sure, but I think I was young. Was that with the aliens? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Probably elementary, I guess.
1: Yeah, so that was coming out. And then um I ended up uh going back to the States after my three month deployment and mm-hmm. then uh yeah, Vandenberg. And then um I, I was researching um I had this idea because I met a few people that were PTs in the Philippines and mm-hmm. then I had a cousin who lived in where did she live? In Daly City somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's like cousin of a cousin, something, you know how, mm-hmm. third or something, and then I was like, I was researching, finding a way, you know, my my vision was like, be a PT no matter what at uh-huh. all costs, go to anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, I'm like, I don't care, I just want this dream, my dream was like, be a PT, mm-hmm. I don't care. But, uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to let anything stop me. And then, um, so I got back to, to Santa Barbara, Lompoc, California and then my enlistment ended after my four-year assignment and then um, they offered me to stay for another four years but I was like no Mm -hmm. I need to uh, pursue this and get my degree because now I'm young I just turned I was 21 Mm -hmm. and then um, I researched what it's like to to go to school in a foreign country and Uh then challenged the board exams in, in America.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I saw that everybody seemed like they did fine. And like, no, every person I meet it's like, oh, you just pass the boards and start working here. Mm-hmm. I was hmm. Maybe I, I had a paradigm shift where like, man, maybe I could do the opposite. I'll go back there to go to school and then come back here and work. Because everybody mm-hmm. goes there and then that's the opposite. Right, right. I researched everything and then I was like yeah I'm ready I'm ready to do this you know I'll mm-hmm. take on a challenge and mm-hmm. then and then um I started school like in October of in that year yeah October mm-hmm. uh you know my deployment held me back a little bit which mm-hmm. is like the semester of uh the school year in the mm-hmm. Philippines and right. it's a it's like a five-year program but uh I actually got it done in four and a half years. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So after that, you went straight back, uh, in the U S and, and, and tried past the
1: boards. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh-huh. then I passed and then I gave my, I gave my resignation to the company. They were like, Oh, why are you quitting? I'm like, well, I'm a PT now, you know, so <laughs> I can't be a tech anymore. Uh huh. Um, but, uh, but California has all these strange rules where you can't work for a year while you're – if you're a foreign trade, you have to be a PT licensed applicant
3: for uh-huh. a year. Right.
1: Oh, for like, a year. I think yeah. they,
3: they, they shortened that to nine months now.
1: Yeah, nine yeah. months. To, but uh, I knew people at the time who, who came to America around the same time. Some of our instructors or professors mm-hmm. went had a got a job right away in indiana and another guy in florida uh yeah and then they were like oh i just come here for a year and then uh you can start working you know i was like oh i might look into that because i'm like i don't want to be a a, an intern for you you know (laughs) so long you've been going to school for like five years and Mm -hmm. it's like then you get to be an intern i was like no let me just go try try that out and Mm -hmm. then um I actually um, ended up going to Orlando, Florida, and mm-hmm. that's where I started working.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what led you back to the Air Force?
1: So, at the time when I when I passed my uh, board exam, I called the recruiter because mm-hmm. I knew that was like my ultimate goal was to do PT in the military. Mm-hmm. You know, get my commission as second lieutenant and. Finish out my career and do another sixteen years and then retire, you know. Mm-hmm. So the typical route that everybody wants to, you know, if you do 20 years, you get fifty percent of your pay until you die, basically, and then um get yeah, like insurance benefits and all that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um at the time I did call a recruiter and then um the recruiter was not a medical recruiter, he was just a regular recruiter for everybody. Mm-hmm. I happened to mention that I went to school overseas uh-huh. and then he was like, Oh, I was like I never heard of that. He was. And then I was like, yeah, I go, I passed my exam in California. So, you know, I was explaining to him, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm licensed. I'm Medicare certified. I can bill insurance. I can do whatever anybody can. He's like, Oh, he's like, Oh, uh, he's like, Oh, I don't think you can join the military, but he was just being lazy at the time. Mm-hmm. And, me, I believed them. I was like, "Oh, maybe it's not meant to be," you know. This mm-hmm. guy's go back in the military with a foreign license, uh-huh. but that's one lesson. Don't ever believe that that one person. Okay. If you want, if you really have a passion for something, you know, uh-huh. get two references. What do we say in clinical practice uh, when there's a cluster of symptoms of findings? Uh-huh. You know, there's one special test is positive. I mean, okay, you have like a a little bit of you're a little bit sure the, the likelihood ratio is high. Uh, mm-hmm. You have two tests, but if you have three tests,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: do LACMA and you do, uh, you do uh, two other tests and they're like clustering and they're all positive. You're like, okay, now it's more believable, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody, one per, if one person tells you're ugly, <laughs> <if> you, <laughs> three people tells you're ugly or good looking, yeah. you're like, oh, they're kind of right, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I, I believed them at the time. And then, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I took a trip to Japan. My Mm -hmm. my sister and uh, they were stationed in Okinawa with the Marines. Then um, I was at the time I was working so much, like doing nursing homes and hospitals and doing per diem, just like everybody else, you know. Mm -hmm. We we struggled so much. We just want to make money, you know, and quick, and find a way to get out of poverty, support our family. You know the typical story. And then um, I went to the to the Navy. To the navy base in Japan, me and my daughter took a trip, and then I start, I met a few other Filipinos in the military, and then you know we're just talking about life experiences and stuff. And mm-hmm. they've been all over the world, and they play sports. They're fit. They're uh-huh. all this. I was like, man, like my blood pressure was high. I was stressed. Everything was. I don't know. It's not. It's not fun anymore. You know. Uh-huh. It was like work going do your job and then going home and then mm-hmm. repeat everything. And I was, I was aging so fast who my hair was white. And mm-hmm. then, uh, I was like gaining weight so I didn't really have time to work out or I didn't mm-hmm. really. So what led you, led you to, uh, going
3: back to the air force, it, even though like the, the guy, the recruiter said that he
1: can't do that. Okay. So I got my, my energy when I, I, I got back from, uh, Okinawa, Japan. Right. And then, uh, and then before that, at the time, I was contemplating on purchasing a assisted living facility. Mm-hmm. Because I just kind of work with. Uh, I have a few friends that own them in 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 Orlando, and then right. I was like, like maybe that's like my next move is to own own a business and assisted mm-hmm. living facility. And then, um, so at the time, I was contemplating it, but then that's when the housing market was kind of, you know, there the. ALS were like really expensive Mm -hmm. they made like a lot of profit Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: then and then um I got back from Japan and I was like oh uh I'm gonna call the recruiter this time a medical recruiter you know and then um that's when I called I was calling the medical recruiter at the time because I didn't even know if I would qualify and all this Mm -hmm. and he was gonna put in my application and um There's only, like, one slot in the whole Air Force, like, for PT. Uh And uh, she said, guess what? It's like, yeah, you got the spot. I was like, she goes, congratulations. Like, you got it. I think there's one or two. But imagine the whole America, Uh you know, one PT slot. And then I got it. Wow. And then um, I was telling my ex-wife, she didn't want me to join because, Uh like, at the she thought that, you know, if I joined, she couldn't get a job wherever I got stationed. And then I was like, that's not true. You're a PT also. She's actually a PT. And then, I'm like, you can work anywhere, you know. Right. I like, no, I don't want you to join. But, I'm like, well, <laughs> we're divorcing anyway. So, I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh-huh. So, so I did. Um, I had to go to basic training again uh, mm-hmm. for officers. It's called commissioned officer training. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, it's medical people, chaplain, mm-hmm. uh, JAGs, lawyers. Mm-hmm. So they put us all into this special uh, COT, Commissioned Officer Training. It's like OTS, Officer Training School. But we're already like professionals on the outside. And then they bring us in. And the military saves money by having us in the mil- in the service. So imagine the cost if you had to go see... A surgeon outside or right. if he had periodontist or pharmacist or uh right. you know the way it works is like you get um you have a skill level like you're like a one level when you for when you're new to the military mm-hmm. so we're called the 4-2-B-3 it's our we have a code for each job like if you're a pilot you have a certain code but mm-hmm. for for PT it's like 4-2-B-3 but when you come in, you're like a four-two B one, so then you're still kind of interning under a senior mm-hmm. therapist. Gotcha. They have no doubt that you can do the the treatments, but or mm-hmm. ordering imaging,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we do direct access in the military, right? So, like, if you were to come in and I was your boss, I have to supervise on how you order imaging.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we we put people on quarters and give people profiles. Sometimes, like if somebody sprains their ankle, you have the right to say, "Okay, just go home for 48 hours." Um, we prescribe meds. Uh-huh. Uh, we order labs. We can uh, we we talk face to face with the surgeons and the docs. And like right now, we don't even have orthopedics in our base, so we are orthopedics basically. Uh-huh. Any. Any musculoskeletal injury, it goes through us. Mm-hmm. If it needs to go to a surgeon, we're like the gatekeepers for any MSK stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. We're like right. this, so that's our lane. Anything they can deal with hypertension mm-hmm. or whatever else, uh, but if it's any MSK stuff, it goes mm-hmm. through me. Every every referral mm-hmm. for the base, they'll go through us. Any mm-hmm. any exercise, any anything for right. muscles uh-huh. sp- that's like including splints referrals uh-huh. anything like that we're, we're basically the we're called smes the uh, subject matter expert there you mm-hmm. go yes. we have a lot in the military so. <laughs> yeah.
3: so uh aside from like injuries and and all the msk's uh, uh conditions that you handle are there any other reasons why um this population, the airmen are seeing you. Do, do they see you like for strength and conditioning, for
1: recovery?
3: Um,
1: yes, we get everything. Um, okay, we have we we get everything from athletes to. Like but each teams. base, is, each each base is different. Each base uh-huh. is different. Um, I was in a base in Ohio three years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We did we had inpatient there actually.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so they're basically military retirees and dependents. Oh, so then okay. hips and knees and hips replace hip replacement, knee replacement, mm-hmm. uh, ankle, um, or they would get C-spine surgery like uh, ACDF, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we would, mm-hmm. we would like get them out of bed and ambulate them just like normal. Mm-hmm. But so each, each base has a different mission. hmm whatever base you're attached to, like uh, three years ago, I was in Aviano in Italy. I lived in Italy for three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's like a fighter base. So uh-huh. we have 15s and stuff like that. So, And um, they can't really go off base, the spouses for a PT. Mm-hmm. So I saw all the spouses and all the kids also. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. The uh-huh. But in, in Charleston right now, we just see active duty.
3: That's mm-hmm. it. So how how, how is it? Um, how unique is seeing airmen as compared to other the other population? Because they are highly functional. There's a lot of demands for them. So what's what's unique about seeing them as compared to other population?
1: Well, they're they're mo- they're very motivated. Mm-hmm. That's like thing. So then, um, as you know, our Fitness is our job. Um, if you're not fit, uh, we have to take a PT test. Uh, it's called physical training test once a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you can't pass that, you're getting kicked out. Oh, Yeah, so that's like one of our main generators of patients. is that, um, okay, you got to run the mile and a half, do push-ups, mm-hmm. sit-ups. You got to be able to carry 40 pounds. Like when you're deployed, you got to be able to carry that bag.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then um, – So all the airmen, that's like their number one worry, is to pass that every six months. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If you can't pass that, no, you can't stay in the military. Just Mm -hmm. point blank, you're not ready. You can't Mm -hmm. deploy. Who wants to carry you if you're having a heart attack while you know we're running to the flight line? You know, right? Number one. Um, So um, also, we do like a lot of running clinics. we deal with everything I mean sometimes they get like uh, they they fall from at their job so then they get like vestibular stuff too sometimes I mean mm-hmm. they could get bPPV um, mm-hmm. and then also driving to the base there's a lot of motor vehicular accidents
2: mm-hmm.
1: all of them get surgeries too like because we play a lot of sports in the base like mm-hmm. every so imagine the base is like a, kind of like a college uh, campus mm-hmm. and we can't just go to war and not have fun. So right. the people that are living in the barracks, you know, there's always stuff going on. Like during football season, there's intramural football, mm-hmm. basketball season. Each squadron has like a basketball team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we do softball, we do rugby, tennis. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of injuries from those also like in, in Turkey they started a rugby league, actually, but right now we're we're also tailoring a lot of stuff based on their job, like uh, a lot of our security forces
2: mm-hmm.
1: and once I guard the gate, they have to carry a uh, a vest that's weighing like forty pounds, like with their weapons, their guns, mm-hmm. they have to run with a the canine, they have to like stand for twelve hour hours a day right so that's that's back neck pain, shoulder pain, everything right mhm, yeah. We teach them like a lot of preventative stuff too, you know, how to warm up, uh, how to do a regular routine of exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm in this interesting billet. It's called the OST, the Operational Support Team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It started like uh, in Herbert Field in Eglin, where we have a special tactics, kind of like you imagine, you know, when they captured bin Laden and Odart 30, so there's a lot of special operators in the Air Force, the military. Mm-hmm. So like at night, they might do a raid, but they have to jump out of helicopters. They have to like they have to roll, they have to do all this stuff. Right. And then the pilots imagine how many G's when they're flipping their plane and taking off. So it's a lot of neck pain and then uh-huh. a lot on your neck. Right. So um one of the generals I think Admiral McCraven he was like a four-star but he he saw the importance of having embedded folks in the units um, so what they did was like uh, compare it to like an example Duke University basketball team they have like a nutritionist athletic trainer strength coach psychologist and dietitian right mm-hmm. and then So he ran with that concept. He's like, oh, it's like what if we start doing that for our special tactics? Because they can deploy anywhere, anytime in in the world, but Mm -hmm. they're broken, they can't. Mm -hmm. So we can't hurt somebody in Syria. And so we have this new terminology, it's called a tactical athlete. Yes. So we treat our patients like athletes Mm -hmm. or our military population. I mean they're not dribbling a ball, but they're they might have to like carry a forty pound, hundred pound rucksack and march for five miles, which is like not what a basketball player does, but that's basically their sport is right. the tactical aspect. So in Charleston I'm actually gonna be embedded. Um I'll be the PT of a uh, of one of the units Um, we're going to rotate every four months to see who's got the highest risk, who's got the most injuries. But right now I'm working with EOD, which is like uh, explosive ordinance disposal. Mm -hmm. So they're like, basically they're like the bomb squad at the base. Every Uh time they bomb, they have to put it out. Um, But for that, they wear a 80 pound bomb suit. You know, have you, have you seen the herd locker? What's that? Is that a movie? Yeah. (laughs) The hurt locker. No. But, it, but anyway, he's uh, he has to go out there and then 80, it could be 100 degree weather. Uh-huh. Like walk on that thing and
3: yeah, detonate the, the bomb, right?
1: Yeah, or get the uh-huh. robot, pick uh-huh. it up. Uh-huh. But also, um, they came up with a tier two test. Uh, so we have the tier one, right? That's everybody that has to do the running push-ups, sit-ups, and the waist measurement. So for them and the special tactics, they have to do a grip strength measurement. They have to do roll tuck. They have like 10 other things that they have to do, mm-hmm. like a deadlift, like an overhead press.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So we want to make sure that they're able to pass because if they can't and we need somebody interact next week and mm-hmm. they're all broke, so mm-hmm. no one gets to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So then, mm-hmm. uh, I'm actually I'm actually embedded with them um, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I did this project last week, and I'm just gonna first of all I'm gonna look at the guy that leads their exercises. What he does, what what a, a proper warm up is. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the units they think like you can stretch your triceps and uh-huh. stretch your quads and you're ready to go, that's right? It. Yeah, right. So the new the new evidence now suggests that you do the dynamic I mean, warm up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. You do the stretch to close down uh, Mm -hmm. what you warmed up, but guess what? You gotta turn on the phosphagen system and all these other systems that you you would need before you start actually like uh, do the exercises. Mm -hmm. So we're tailoring it after um, what the NBA teams do, for an example. Mm -hmm. Because I met the Cleveland Cavaliers like three two years ago. They came Uh to Ripe. and then uh I got to talk to the therapist, you know, they do, you know, you see like on the court, they do all these like little warm-ups. So then we're kind of trying to turn it on like that, mm-hmm. where yeah. you're turning the phosphorgen system mm-hmm. and, and do all this and you're you're reawakening the power, you know, mm-hmm. you want you want speed, you want mobility. And so I'm gonna incorporate yoga into mm-hmm. their workout because they can't just work out hard five days a week, you know. Exactly. We, we need flexibility. And then also oh by the way, in the meantime, they're opening up to me because like they have mental problems, like I don't know, they they're away from their wife. So mm-hmm. then call oh, my psychology friend, mm-hmm. my psychologist come there and meet them because they're more likely to see them in the mm-hmm. in the squadron than go to the hospital to go see mm-hmm. a mental professional. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, like while we were while we were rocking, they were I saw a couple of guys drinking monster energy drinks. It's like oh I'm gonna have to call my my friend Elaine. It's like oh, let's do a PowerPoint on nutrition and mm. doing and doing supplements. Mm. And so sleep is very important. All um, right. they're doing a lot of studies now that not getting enough sleep is like equivalent to being intoxicated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Would you fly a plane or would you drive a tank and be intoxicated? Probably Mm -hmm. not. Right. And yeah, they, they compare it to like just gassing up your car and some days like on weekends, don't even turn on your alarm. Just your body will wake up when it gets enough. And you know, it's, if you get five, five, five hours every day, and then it'll catch up to you where you'll just like sleep and then as Mm -hmm. much as you need it. And then, that's where you need to fill up that gas tank. And then they're, they're doing extensive research on mm-hmm. the equivalent of um, sleep depri- deprivation. deprivation. Yeah. Can't concentrate. Mm-hmm. You can't think. Mm-hmm. You're like cut off the, the wire that's going to explode, but you're not mm-hmm. getting enough sleep and you're drinking monster energy drinks. So you take a look at their work rest cycles and, mm-hmm. Their work schedules too, you know. When there's downtime, give give them days off, and then. Um, but the the main thing is the camaraderie. So you're like embedded in the units um, mm-hmm. that can trust you. They mm-hmm. can, you know. I mean, you don't see the athletic trainer for the Lakers. Just go there, you know, just a few minutes, and he's gone. He's there the whole season. Right. That way, any any pain, anything that that's bothering them, he uh-huh. can address. But it, it's 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 good. It's a new model. Um uh-huh. I might not clock in at seven thirty to four thirty. Uh-huh. They might call me on a Saturday morning at four and we'll go walk five miles in a rucksack, and then uh-huh. that's how you get the camaraderie and the trust and the built in, the buy-in. How, how many
3: patients are assigned to you or you do you supervi- uh, I mean not patients, I mean airmen. Is assigned to you as a physical therapist,
1: or do you so see anyone, what, everyone? So what I'm doing now is different from like a, being a regular PT in uh-huh. the in the in the clinic. Um, uh-huh. Usually, um, so when I'm in the clinic, I kind of see everybody, the whole base, basically. Uh-huh. Oh, active. yeah. So whatever they have, um, but I have technicians too. I uh-huh. might do. Dev- and they they can um they can do the treatment plan
3: uh-huh.
1: but but it's not as daunting as you would think because uh-huh. everybody a lot of people work out so right i mean you're not gonna babysit people just doing normal stuff like you would do kind of on the outside i mean
2: uh-huh.
1: a lot of people a lot of people they they know their stuff i mean they've mm. been the military 20 years so right they know they know how to work out uh-huh. so you kind of educate them you know you uh-huh. now you're okay you need to strengthen your rotator cuff or you know you need to prevent shoulder winging watch right. your posture so the meat and potatoes is like the education mm-hmm. because they have degrees some of them they're they're like scientists and nuclear engineers i mean you're not gonna you know i mean their air force is like one of the smartest branches I mean everybody like even the the one or two stripers they have Mm -hmm. bachelor's degrees some of them have masters
3: Mm -hmm. yeah when you're telling me like that you had like technicians I remember when I was uh, visiting my uncle in uh, Okinawa um, we went into to a hospital there and that's when I first encountered a U.S. licensed physical therapist and she did she she assessed my uncle evaluated him and gave him the exercises and um uh, what we call it? pointed to to the technicians too uh so that he can uh assist with the exercises so i was like oh it's like um it's you seem like you feel like you're a doctor because you do the evaluation you do
1: the assessments we do the plan. They, our techs execute. We do the planning. Uh-huh. Uh, we feed all of them. Right. We draw. We basically draw the roadmap. And mm-hmm. then our technicians are great too. They're mm-hmm. like, they're smart. I mean, we might, we might do the manual stuff. Like uh-huh. I do a lot healing. I do calculations and mm-hmm. mobilizations, you know, one mm-hmm. or two. And right. I give them to the tech and then they, they kind of follow up in a week or so. But, mm-hmm. uh, exercise is always like the most important modality. Mm -hmm. So you can can do all the other stuff, but at the end, you know, you want them to exercise and you kind of wean everybody off their treatment because if you just try a needle every time, they're going to get addicted to that. And we don't really, we believe in evidence-based practice. We Mm -hmm. don't, we don't like to do passive modalities. I Mm -hmm. I mean, at the beginning, the meat of your evaluation, you're just gonna educate and mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna show them the model. Yeah, I mean we're I have a civilian PT, his uh his name is Dr. Moore, so that's wow. what they yeah, and these mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta own that name and we can't be ashamed of it because mm-hmm. we earned it, you know we earned the doctor title.
2: Mm-hmm. But at
1: the same time, you better back it up. With knowing what you're talking about. I mean, right. don't, oh, yeah, I'm a doctor, this, but then it's like, oh, we do that, it's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> you, know, you, you got to own it. I mean, mm-hmm. we're like independent thinkers too. Like, mm-hmm. you we know, don't, we see, we're shoulder to shoulder with my doc friends. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if it's ankle, back, or whatever, any orthopedic stuff, like, they validate right. all they want.
3: I mean, mm-hmm.
1: we don't. You know they don't argue with us like oh here uh-huh. you know like they we we go to meetings too every month with them for uh-huh. people that can't continue service anymore like right. if you have long term spondylolisthesis and you can't deploy and we have two kind of midboard people I uh-huh. mean it's not a good thing to them but it's my job as the company doc uh-huh. musculoskeletal expert uh-huh. to. To determine who's fit for duty or not right if if you're broke and you can't run 100 yards when the enemy's firing do i want to send you to afghanistan or iraq right i want to protect you by not sending you there but mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes it gets contentious like it they look at it as a bad thing and we're the no. bad guy or we we don't we don't sign off on them mm-hmm. listing or or mm-hmm continuing their service, but it's also our job as officers, as medical professionals. We represent the Air Force and our leaders and we're the ones to determine if this person is able to go to, I don't know, Turkey or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. carry a suit and um in a bomb suit and perform mm-hmm. their duty. Because mm-hmm. if one person can't do it, then if there's four people in a unit and one person is always broke. Mm-hmm. Those three people will be working all the time, and that's not really fair to them.
3: For for those kind of uh, thinking, because um, like the, you mentioned that in in for them, they might be um, apprehensive approaching you because you might not um, approve them or, or like sign off on them. Are you getting more patients who are? Uh, have like more severe conditions now because they're coming to you later or is it just about the
1: same yeah sometimes we do get a lot of chronic pain patients that Mm -hmm. should have came to us but it's hard it's hard to judge people because it's I mean they deploy so much and right nobody really has time to go therapy because they're fixing a plane 12 hours Mm -hmm. you know and then you, you have family, you have kids. So mm-hmm. there's 24 hours in a day. You work a 12-hour shift.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, the, you know, it takes you home. You're right. home 14 hours. You have to sleep eight hours. And then mm-hmm. pick up your kid. So a lot of them, like, they don't really come to therapy, even if they have a problem, until yeah. later in their career, because just because they don't have time or they're mm-hmm. like a computer their first sergeant they have a lot of responsibilities right understandable yeah we don't really think to take care of ourselves for Mm -hmm. good uh especially even like our own medical people because Uh we don't really take care of ourselves and Uh there's like a lot of monetary implications too Uh because if you deploy you might get a deployment pay Mm -hmm. and and then also the pilots if Mm -hmm. uh if I decide to deny them or do not um, duties, not including flying, D N I F, and if uh, they get hurt, and then I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't think he should be flying. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna like that because right. pilots like to fly. They want to go overseas. They mm-hmm. also incentive pay flying, mm-hmm. so a lot of them. I mean, if they hurt their back, you might give muscle relaxers, which mm-hmm. isn't really safe for flying a plane. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of um, lot of issues that could come up, you know. Mm-hmm.
3: So those are uh, challenging um, issues in in your field. But um, on the other hand, what are the perks? Uh, what are the things that you enjoy being a physical therapist in in the Air Force?
1: The autonomy. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ask, uh, oh. we're we're independent. We don't. I mean, they could write ultrasound. And hydrotherapy all day till they're black and blue. Be yeah. like, I just rip it up and throw it away. Like, wow. no, nah, I evaluate based on my my findings, not mm-hmm. what what the what the PCM, the primary care provider says. Mm-hmm. And then um, the autonomy, um, direct access. Uh-huh. I can order own X rays, MRIs. Mm-hmm. Um, I can write profiles. Uh, I can determine the frequency and plan it. Mm-hmm. care basically that's like the main thing and we're mm-hmm. we're treated like we're the same i mean i i even outrank a, a lot of the doctors actually uh-huh. wow yes okay. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because they because i'm i'm like i've been in a while so i've been in like 17 years already mm-hmm. so a few more years but yeah and um and it's uh it's a collegial kind of relationship you know mm-hmm. i mean I mean, you're always gonna be respectful when when they say something, but then have a rationale ready. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, no, I think we should do that. I think we should do this because evidence says. Mm-hmm. But, uh, always start your sentence based on evidence, or mm-hmm. you know, and pull out that ankle Ottawa rules and mm-hmm. or the CPG says this. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, they don't. I don't know what I'm saying because I'm like, okay, like I'll I'll do my own thing and i uh-huh. will uh, I manipulate based on the CPGs, or mm-hmm. you know, you manipulate the back, the shoulder's gonna get better. The pragmatic rule because you're you're increasing the mobility of the thoracic spine, which like frees up the the rhythm or whatever. Mm-hmm. But things like that, and um, just because you could do something doesn't mean you have to. Just because you can, not meaning I can order an X-ray for every person that I see. Uh But is it going to change my plan of care? Mm
2: -hmm. What's
1: it? Why? Why are you doing that? You know, it's like, what's it doing? Why are you doing that? Just because? Oh, you're a doctor. You can do this. Like, Mm -hmm. no. There has to be a basis for everything. Even my, I have an intake form in my clinic. Uh Every question that I ask in there, there's a rationale. I just don't write a blank. Mm -hmm. That's one of the first things they teach you. There has to be a reason why there's a question. It has to do something, and then it has to lead you to something else. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So when you do critical thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, your questionnaire. I mean, also there's research that a patient's going to write more in their intake form than what they're going to tell you in the Mm -hmm. first 10 minutes that you see them anyway. It's like, oh, yeah, I had an accident 10 years ago. I fell off a horse. Like, why didn't you tell me that? It's like, oh, I don't know. I mean they've only met you so then you have to get their trust and be mm-hmm. their friend in that whole first 15 minutes you know so I like I like to do the intake form and every mm-hmm. question every diagram every mm-hmm. everything in there mm-hmm. it's leading to something whether it's mm-hmm. red flags or raising up the antennas in mm-hmm. my my clinical decision making uh-huh. it's do, it's doing something not mm-hmm. not not wasting time you know I only right. got I only got thirty, forty minutes to mm-hmm. do everything, you know. So, yeah.
3: and also, I, I think what's also good is, uh, as a PD there in the, the military in general is because the the the, the patients that come to you really uh, has already has that that culture of uh, obedience and compliance. He 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 came to you seeking your advice in your uh, consultation, so naturally they are going to answer whatever you're asking as, as compared to other population that you have, really have to probe everything to them and, and ask well, them. <laughs>
1: sometimes not. The only... Not really. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I mean, you know, I think in America, we're so drug dependent that we just want a quick fix for everything. Uh, you know, we just want, oh, why do I don't have to do exercise. So I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, like Isn't research... Yeah, so they want, like, a magic wand. Well, I can't just be better. It's like, well, you have scoliosis. Like, I can't just wave a wand, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Even surgery doesn't fix it with, like, one wave of the wonder dust, we call it. But, um, yeah, you have to be motivated, but that's, like, part of your job, too, is to, like, you're a cheerleader, you're a life coach, or, mm-hmm. you know, I do a lot of counseling, too, and advice, especially to the young airmen that mm-hmm. – you know, I mean, the military is a stepping stone for a lot of people. They're kind of lost in life. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like in the Philippines where you're programmed after high school, you go to college and then, you know, you, you study something, but in America after you're 18, there's a lot of people working or mm-hmm. that pursued what they want to do in life. So then mm-hmm. the military is like a way to pay for college and, mm-hmm. um, make your life a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but, um, Yeah, sometimes the motivation is lacking, and um, you'll be surprised, actually, the younger the the patient is, the less motivated they are, but the more senior they are in rank, you know, like if I see a colonel, okay, like, just tell me what I need to know, I'll follow it exactly to a T, and, you know, you you print out their home exercises, like, you know, everything you say, (laughs) yeah, they'll Uh hold on to it, they'll hold Uh on to it, and um. I think it's the maturity level they uh-huh. they know they want to stay in the military so they can get their retirement so then uh-huh. they'll do it would yeah. behoove it would behoove them not to do the stuff that you're you're recommending because you're uh-huh. the expert. They traveled there, they have uh-huh. a lot, their day is full. Right. They took time out of their day to go see you. Uh-huh. So why would they not listen to your advice? You know, it doesn't right. make sense.
3: Exactly. But
1: sometimes we get patients that are they malinger, too. I mean, they're they're there to get away from work or some people don't want to deploy, actually. And so they'll, they'll kind of fake a back pain or, you know, something you can't really tell if they're lying or not. Um, mm-hmm. Or if they're getting an assignment to, say, Korea or somewhere and they don't want to mm-hmm. go. They're, they're dating somebody at the mm-hmm. base. Wow. <laughs> and they don't want to go. So then they uh-huh. could fake an injury, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
3: Oh, well, um, prob- and I guess the, another perk is you traveling around the world as well. Uh-huh. Is it part of uh, your duty as a physical therapist there, being assigned to different parts of the world in different um, uh,
1: capacities? So generally we move around like if we're in the stateside, side every three to four uh-huh. years, uh-huh. but we have bases in Europe Um and it's kind of up to you to volunteer for those assignments. Oh, wow. I wouldn't
3: <laughs> if I were <was> there.
1: <laughs> you would, but it's uh, there's like 150 of us in the Air Force, the whole yeah. Air Force. Then oh. it has to be like the right rank, the right position for you, uh, your career at the mm-hmm. time. Because they, they do a trajectory, like when you're a lieutenant, okay, you should be in a big hospital when you're mm-hmm. like a and when you're a major to make the next rank you have to like set yourself up you have to take bigger and better roles you can't just Uh,
2: you
1: can't just go go to like oh i want to go to italy because it's nice there but yeah it's a one-man clinic it's not made for a senior major or lieutenant colonel you should be commanding like a bigger flight or a bigger bigger organization as you move up in rank because you're not gonna get promoted i mean if you're you could choose life for a career. I mean, you could say, "Oh, I want to go to like the beach every time," you know, <laughs> and it's not going to be good for your career. So, you know, you got to balance it out. Uh. Uh, so there should be progression with your assignments, right? Right, so, right. that's it. Yeah.
3: And you mentioned earlier that you had a, a civilian physical therapist in, in your one of your clinics. How how can a a, a PT uh, who's not an active duty or is not like
1: enlisted Apply as a physical therapist in, in the Air Force? Well, what happened was we ran out of PTs in our inventory of physical therapists in the military. Uh-huh. They, there's only like 150 of us, and there's how many bases? Um, so we can't staff it with like active duty everywhere, every time. And then mm-hmm. also, we deploy uh-huh. who's going to keep the clinic running when I'm in Iraq or Afghanistan? Mm-hmm. And then, um, so um, we have positions for contractors and what we call GS government service. Ah, gotcha. So you're a civilian, but uh-huh. you're you're giving service to the government by uh-huh. filling in um, as a clinician.
2: Uh-huh. You
1: don't basically your job is to see patients. You're not there to you don't do exercises. You don't run. You don't do anything. Your job is there to go to support me because I go, I don't, like right now in my capacity, I don't really, I'm not the one seeing patients hour after hour. I'm uh-huh. like super, you know, so uh-huh. I go to meetings, um, I fill in, um, I go to different places. I mean, uh-huh. more like an executive kind of role. Uh-huh. I mean, uh,
2: uh-huh.
1: I like more like a, I don't say, like a regional director kind of thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. In the civilian, or um, or what do you call that? The head PT in the hospital, or whatever, uh, like a chief PT, something like yeah. or a senior PT. Yeah, but they don't. They just do the schedules and stuff. They don't really uh-huh. see paper every. Year. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's basically my role. And then okay. he sees a lot. And then if I go on leave, or if he goes on leave, like I pick up. But most of the time, a lot of the patient falls yeah. on him. And um, mm-hmm. I supervise him I write his report um, I talk to the other departments I go to because when you're a major you're like intertwined with the mission of the other leaders so you're, mm-hmm. not, you're not a specialist anymore uh-huh. you're more like a field grade officer so all, mm-hmm. all majors whether whether you're a pilot whether you're whatever your job is we're all the same like right now I only do PT like 50 or 40% of the time now, uh-huh. I kind of grow out of that because I did my time as a uh-huh. young clinician. Like the first few years, you're seeing uh-huh. patients every uh-huh. day, every hour. But as you grow in rank, uh-huh. uh, like I said, when I was in Turkey, I was in charge of surgical surgical services flight. I had four Turkish surgeons, OR techs, anesthesia, uh-huh. PT, um, health promotion. Uh-huh. I'm in charge of all those people writing their performance report, mm-hmm. making sure they get their decorations, mm-hmm. making sure are basically your, your manager, basically.
3: Mm-hmm. So there's really a career path when you go in, uh, in the military uh, as a physical therapist. You don't stay as a physical therapist. You, you grow in rank and position. Um,
1: yes, yeah. That's like the career progression.
3: So um, for, for physical therapists who, who are aspiring, to join the military or the Air Force, what advice can you give them?
1: Join the Air Force? Um, As a physical therapist or? Um, be flexible. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the things, that's one of the traits that we we have is like be be flexible. I mean, mm-hmm. they could tell you, you're going to Iraq next month and you're like, oh, you got to go, you know? So mm-hmm. adapt, be adaptable, adapt mm-hmm. to the situation. Mm-hmm. um number two they always tell us this stuff too but uh i believe in it don't be afraid to fail mm-hmm. that's good because you're gonna be you i mean how many times have you failed all your life i mean you know it doesn't matter the most successful people are the most resilient ones it's not the smartest kid in the classroom it's the person that kept trying and trying and trying no one knows like no one knows how many times you took the PT test or how many times, you know, if you don't try, if you don't shoot the ball, you're not going to score, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, see, be flexible. Don't be afraid to fail. Uh, just keep an open mind. Um, and have, I think have confidence in mm-hmm. yourself because like I think, uh, again, as Filipinos, we don't have enough confidence we don't give ourselves enough credit but mm-hmm. at the end I think we're just we're, we're just as good as them you know I mean I've done PT all over the world I mean it's a bicep in Poland or in Italy it's still the bicep right mm-hmm. we still learn the same stuff so I think we we were adaptable we we came from nothing we learned this stuff from uh, subpar equipment but here you get, like, the better equipment, so then it's easy to change, you know, it's easy to adapt. Uh, I think for the most part, we have the adaptability and the flexibility part, you know, but, like, just have confidence in your in your abilities and um, work hard. Uh, another advice is work hard and learn a lot because – you're not going to be boxed into one position like, oh, I'm a protocol officer. So I, all I know what to do is protocol. I'm a mm-hmm. logistics No, you might go to a convoy and you're the highest ranked person. You're, there might be 50 people there. Uh-huh. And, they're all, and guess what? You're the officer. You're in charge of this platoon. It's uh-huh. like, what do we do now? And you're like, oh, you can't say I'm just a PT.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Like, I don't doesn't matter. You got the highest rank. You're the senior.
3: Mm. Uh, so a lot of responsibility right right huh? so yeah, so thank you major Mariano for sharing your a lot of like experiences with us had a glimpse of how it is to be a physical therapist and and working your way up to uh, handling more mm-hmm. than uh, the job as a physical therapist and seeing. Uh, tactical athletes uh, the, the airmen so yeah again thank you for sharing your time with us and uh, I I just have my last three questions for you uh, my last three bites for this episode um, my first question is because the, the the questions are, are based because the the podcast is named PT Meal it's a complete meal and uh, that um, the first question is If your life is a dish, what type of dish would it be?
1: I think I'll relate it to the Filipino dish because we're Filipino, and Mm -hmm. um, I went to Colorado for Christmas two years ago, and Uh, like the my mom made that the budo fight the she uh, put like the crab, the seafood, the fish, Mm -hmm. and all the leaves. Mm -hmm. So I think. I always ask this question to myself, you know, if uh, later on when I'm old and I'm sitting in my rocking chair, and then if I was to tell somebody about my life, would somebody sit down and listen to it, Mm -hmm. how interesting it was? And I can honestly say yes to that Mm -hmm. question. So, Mm -hmm. like, I'm all about the variety, and um, my dish would be the bullfight because it has a food it has like the pork has the meat Mm -hmm. it would be everything because Mm -hmm. i've lived in italy uh poland turkey korea saudi arabia uh, california florida so Mm -hmm. i've lived in different parts of the world and met a lot of different people and have a lot of experience so that would be that would be my dish all right modified
3: uh second question is you've accomplished a lot Uh, I believe, and and surely the listeners would believe that you've been successful in your career. So what is your
1: recipe for success? Work hard. Um, One of the things that I like to, one of my favorite things to say to people is that uh, you got to grow your game, update yourself. Look at your iPhone. Every time there's an update, it gets better, right? It's Mm an iPhone. So a year from now, do you wanna still be like the same version of yourself? Always learn and read something. I mean, you gotta it does and I don't believe that you just gotta read about PT, PT, PT all the time. That costs for a burnout. Update yourself, grow your game, improve yourself because somebody's gonna outwork you and um Somebody's reading about something uh, every day, learning about something. So find something new. Read a book. I mean, once a week, at least. I mean, maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. That's more reasonable, depending on your life, but read something. And I suggest not related to PT. It could be like something that's inspiring. It could be something unrelated. You know, it mm-hmm. could be about money, finance, but anything. Read, mm-hmm. read, and, and grow. And uh, update yourself. All right. Work hard and update yourself.
3: And lastly, my third question is um, what are the three ingredients that make up Major Mariano? It can be a motto, your principle, your value, your characteristic. What are the three
1: things that make up who you are? Fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to have fun. Um, family. Mm-hmm. And faith,
3: fun, family, and faith. Good. I'll yeah. start
1: with letter F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, enough. Enough. There's a fourth F. It's like fitness because, fitness. like, yeah. So, mm-hmm. the four Fs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's basically mean in a nutshell. Right.
3: So, um, as um, a last bite, the uh, yung the audience. What what is one thing that you want the audience to take away from our conversation tonight?
1: Just believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the grit and ability. I mean, you. if you forget, you know, there's a lot of people that, that haven't made it as far as where you guys are at now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm speaking generally to the PT population here. So then, you know, always... Reach back for those tough times when you, you struggled, but you made it, you know, there's, you, you, you've survived all your toughest days already. So then, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of believe in yourself, you know, and, and ask questions. You know, I'm always here too. If anybody needs advice on anything, I mean, not just PT, but in life, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just believe in yourself. That's Mm -hmm. what, uh, my, my last, uh, going away advice, believe in yourself Mm because, you know, made it this far I mean right and I'm always here cheering for you guys because you know how good you guys are because uh when it comes to hard work we're we're like at the top because they they love Filipinos you know Mm -hmm. right we cannot work people I mean if you can't get it through natural abilities Mm -hmm. I work by study more research study Mm -hmm. ask questions, and then we we as a community we have Mm -hmm. that strength other people don't have that community to reach out to mm-hmm. but uh, all we have to do is like lean on each other because we're we're all over the world you know and somebody's, somebody's already experienced what you what you want to do what you want to dream about so then you know you can always ask them for advice it's like a big fraternity like mm-hmm. got to, well, because my 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 friends in the military they're like oh it's like how'd you go here it's like well I knew a friend in Australia and then I go to London. I have like Filipino friends there. And then they just, they cook lechon when I first get there in London. <laughs> yeah. in their house. and It's amazing. I mean, I can't describe, you know, that's like our biggest strength is like our togetherness and us looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then, um, okay. One, one more last thing is like, don't, don't be negative and bring people down. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's why I just don't like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, you know, if you bring people down, it reflects on everybody, the culture, and yourself too. You know, what good does that bring when you're, when you're bringing people down? You know, exactly. don't be. Strive harder mm-hmm. if you do wanna, if you do want, if you want to be in a place where somebody already is, mm-hmm. ask them for advice. You know, they'll they'll help you don't be jealous. Like you can, you can do the same thing. America's the land of opportunity. So if you want to, you can, you know, if you want three jobs, you can, but you know, if it's not what you want, I mean, don't judge other people because that might not be what's important to them. That's why you got to read that uh, love languages. Cause everybody has like different ways to make them happy, to make them tick. Um, yeah what what your happiness is might be different from mine so then right you can't just judge and think that everybody's the same so you know it helps a lot and then if you do if you are you married now no single yeah see that's gonna help too that book yes definitely
3: so again uh thank you very much major mariano for uh sharing your Time for us i know we extended (laughs) but again if those are uh powerful words and uh wisdom that you shared and advised and and telling us what you do in the air force as a physical therapist Uh, we i think that we're going to learn a lot from this so again thank you very much
1: okay just reach Mm -hmm. out to me if you have any questions or Mm -hmm. you think of anything or advice um Mm -hmm. for anybody out there listening just uh reach out to me and mm. think I'm a messenger and then I'll try to answer whatever I can and help you guys out so keep helping each other that's the name of the game you know right okay thank you okay good night
0: and there you have it another episode of PT Male physical therapy podcast thank you for listening and thank you for supporting uh, the whole podcast it's been five seasons five batches of guests five seasons of stories, of inspiration, of information from Filipino and uh, other physical therapists in the show. So again, thank you for your support. Uh, We have more guests in store, so I hope you still look forward to another episode of Mail Physical Therapy Podcast. Uh, If you want to reach me, um, you can contact me in uh, my social media accounts pt meal physical therapy podcast in uh youtube and
2: in in, in instagram and in facebook so there till next time